Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. What do you think? Did he get up? I mean, of all things to say. What? <laughs> what? That family picnic sometimes. Get <laughs> <laughs> you more than just potato salad. Are you kidding me, Mike? Oh my God, that is hilarious. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. It's Thursday, July the 13th, and we're in the Bojangle studio at our table full of Lionel Dacasts. A couple new ones on the table today, man, I'm noticing. But uh, always fun to come in here, get to see uh, what has been placed on the table, because we have more, right? We have this big collection. Yeah. The one thing I'm still waiting on. What are you waiting on? Oh, I know what you're waiting on. My little late, my new late model stock. Yeah. It's not here yet. I'm waiting on a sample. Well, you got to buy something. it. You got to buy it. No, nope, I don't. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, yeah, they sent a sample here to approve. That yeah, oh, one yeah, needs yeah. to show up. Where yeah. is the damn thing? Andrew took that home. He better not have. But anyways, um, we are back, and we are coming off of a Wednesday where the first episode of Becoming Earnhardt, 1979, has, uh, is now out and about. And we hope you're all enjoying that. Um, we basically, uh, in that episode, um, we won't dive too deep into it, but uh, for those of you who haven't listened yet, but it's the introduction to the series, and um, I really wasn't going to do it that way. I wanted to tell that little story, if we could, Mike, but I wrote, when we first sat down, we split this thing into six episodes, and the introduction was going to dive right into the season. We're going to get all the way through the end of the Daytona 500, and then the project grow, grows and grows, right? And um, you thought better to uh, carve out that sort of introduction, tee it up, tell you everything that you're about to experience and then you know the season the uh, second episode would would start with the very beginning of the year um in terms of going to the first race so um i loved it i loved the first episode that was well done love the mrn drops uh all the audio from barney hall and those guys um loved hearing um, other people like um, my aunt and uh, doug reichert come in and give us some some small takes on some of the things we're talking about, and that'll continue to happen throughout every episode. Yeah, you know, having Aunt Kathy and Aunt Kay, Kay Snipes, Kathy Earnhardt Watkins, which many of you listeners, if you've been here at Junior Motorsports and bought a T-shirt or a hat out of the store, you know, Aunt them. Kathy, you probably have had long conversations. It was important to have their voices in it, and I thought this episode one to set it up was their best chance to be able to hear them. And Aunt Kathy says a line in it that is, I'm not going to give it away, but it's, it's really profound and really kind of sets up uh, – what we're to understand the, about your dad at that time, right? Okay. And, um, man, yeah, it fires me up. So I hope everybody listened. You, it's on the very feed that you're listening to this podcast on, this episode here. So um, just back up one, and you'll be able to hear it if That's you it. haven't already. And, and I you, love the yellow and blue graphic. That you love it? Just, yeah, we're sharing yeah. out on our social media handles, uh, teeing up, you know, ce- celebrating and, 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 and promoting the – the series, I love uh, the yellow and blue colors, man. I just can't get enough of that. The stuff. car is really it's cool, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. you, you went and you uh, put this side panel in our studio. The side it, panel that we put in here is why we put that side panel. Like yeah. we, why I even made that was for the series. Like, dude, that's cool. I love that. That's gonna be a that that's gonna be hanging somewhere in some place that I visit for it's forever. Yeah, <laughs> for, for yeah. my lifetime. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say it's lifetime, but it'll be here long after me. But um. Anyways, we got a lot of things to get into. Um, Ross Chastain, Bush Beer, mm. they announced their partnership. Pretty incredible um, that uh, Trackhouse was able to land uh, such a big fish. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm trying to decide if that's like almost like an underdog story getting the big fish. I don't know that it is. I don't want to undersell their current partners, right? Right, right. right. Um, but that's a big get. It, Oh, it's a big gift. Huge. It's a big one. Um, and so, and I think that that's great for Ross. I think he's a good match. It, I, We're going to find out. I don't know how that he much drinks of a beer, beer drinker. Exactly. I was. Hey, I'll tell you what. When I when I teamed up with Budweiser in 1999, 
I was not a beer drinker. What? Not at all. What? <laughs> not at all. Dude, we were going to the first dinner. Boy, did they have an effect on you, man. With, <laughs> dude, the, 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 you know, the, the bushes that own the, the brand. August Bush yeah. the fourth, yeah, the family. They were, they were going to, they were at this dinner in Charlotte. They came to Charlotte to have dinner with me and dad. We're driving there. And I'm like, dad, do I got to drink a beer at this thing? He's like, you damn right you do. <laughs> I was like, dad, I don't like beer. And he's like, you're drinking one tonight. He said, get one of them red coat Budweiser's. And you're going to sit there with that at the table, and I don't care if you have to sip on it. And you're going to like it. The whole dinner. And I'm like, all right, no problem. So, of course, you know, over time, I, mean, yeah. I love I love it. I love beer. You know, that has a potential to be one of those iconic partnerships. Because if Ross does what he is, yeah. what we think he can do, yeah. the Bush brand would be perfect, I think. But, like, it, it has to all match up, and everybody has to do their thing. I don't know how many races yeah. – they're, you know, when it was a full-time sponsorship, when they did yeah. that, like, is, if that's what it was, I mean, like, I don't know. I think it has potential. Yeah. If he's a beer drinker. I would love for him or anybody when they get a big, big sponsorship like this for it to be the sponsor every single week. We'll find out uh, next year when we go to the racetracks where they're going to, to have Bush on the car. But I think uh, this is sort of one of the final – uh, if not the final boxes to check for Ross, for him, he now has all the ingredients to to become uh, one of, if not the biggest spot, biggest star in the sport. Anheuser Busch will open up opportunities for yes. him that he's not getting with anyone else. Yeah, fact. And, yeah, it yes. will. And so, um, you know, they there's a nice blueprint for them to go by. Anyways, yeah, there he is. Yeah, yeah. There so is. Um, on how to create a superstar, right? I know that this deal would have started well before uh, Josh Berry's announcement. I would have loved if they would have just hung, hung with Josh, out, hung out with, of with SHR, yeah. and and Josh, had Josh, like, Josh, that Josh drinks Bush. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have loved good, to seen that, but that's selfishly. Yeah, I agree. But I'm happy for Ross and uh, happy for Justin Marks. Um, look, I know that they got a lot of partners. And they've they've got good funding and 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 great support, but this type of of of, of partnership gives me so much confidence about Trackhouse and their ability to sustain their performance and be a major player in our sport long long term. Um, I don't think I was doubting that all that much, but I just know this now solidifies that they're. Even more of a key player, right? They've they're coming into this sport, right? And they're trying to take some of the pie from the big guys, right? Stuart Haas Racing, Hendrick, Gibbs, Roush, um, Pensky. Pensky. They're trying. To, they got. Dude, they don't come in and, and to get their own pie. They're taking some of their pie, everyone else's pie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, move over, Hendrick. Move over, uh, you know, Pensky. Here's here's this new team, right? And they're they're now getting some of the bigger gets in terms of corporate sponsors and corporate support. Pretty incredible, incredible. Yeah. To be honest with you. Yeah, good for them. Um, how long has Anheuser Busch you think been in the sport? Like been buying in the sport? I don't think I don't want to lose sight of this because yeah. you talk about some of the well, long time yeah. investors. Bush, Bush was on uh, Kale Yarbrough's car in seventy seven or seventy eight. Um. And so before that, I don't believe they were in the sport. There was Olympia beer uh, or Olympic. I'm not sure exactly which one it is. They were on a West Coast operation. Uh, Ray, uh, I think it was Ray Elder um, and Falstaff. And um, Kale had a – gosh darn. Kale had one beer company. On was it Schlitz? The, nope. I think that um, I gotta know this is gonna kill me now. No, do it. I mean, listen. Um, this isn't even a tic tac toe game. This is a straight up. Just so we need to know sponsor. Yeah. Carling. Yeah, Carling was a. I would, have, I would not have got that score. Yeah, Carling. Um, so that was a beer that was on his car in 1974. So, um, anyhow, I you know. I don't know when they first started sponsoring race cars. I believe it was the late 70s. They got into a partnership, and they, they created the Bush Clash. Yeah. Uh, an executive from Bush did that. 
um, which you're going to learn about. I didn't know if you were going to go there. But in yeah. Becoming Earnhardt. That's right. Yeah. Nice little history lesson Nice, there. yes. Um, Episode took next Wednesday, as a matter of fact. Yep. All right. Anyways, uh, pretty exciting uh, for Ross. Let's move on to something that I think is starting to get a little traction. This is about the same. This is about the time of year, man, when we start looking at that bubble battle uh, in our points championship. And right now in the Cup Series, it is pretty incredible. Um, in 15th place, so 16 cars make the playoffs. In 15th place, Suarez, McDowell, both are plus three to the cut line. Bubba Wallace is minus three in 17th. A.J. Allmendinger is minus 13, 13 points in 18th. Then you have Ty Gibbs at minus 26. Bowman all the way down mm. to minus 44. You know, he was right there at 15th, 16th spot a couple weeks ago. Chase Elliott is minus 60. He lost a few points. He lost five points, I believe, uh, at Atlanta. So now what he needs weekly to point his way in to get to the playoffs is nine points a week. Still doable. Still doable. There's weeks when he's gotten 20, 15, 12. He can still do it. Especially if he has a big, you know, big race where he can get tons of stage points and uh, a top three finish. But while, there's no room for error. There really isn't. He can't. I don't think he can have another flat week like he did this past weekend in Atlanta. Because we got what seven races left. Seven is it? Seven before the yeah, playoffs begin. Seven. Like I was. I'm on team. I am. I'm a believer that Chase points his way in. I've always felt that way. There's a very, very big competition in the booth between me and Latart and Burton about whether Chase points his way in. They don't think he can. They think he has to win. I believe he can do it on points, and I believe he will. This weekend hurt my chances a little bit, but I still believe uh, Chase gets right up in there. Uh, the Gibbs, Ty Gibbs is interesting. This is a rookie learning, getting better, improving every week. If I'm one of the guys that's right around that bubble, I'm looking at him. He's also got one of the top five best pit crews on pit road for average four-tire stop at minus 26 with some smart racing. He's right on top of that bubble line at the end when we get to the playoffs. A.J. Allmendinger, another driver that that gained a lot at an oval. You know, we talk about A.J. being a great road racer. At minus 13, we have a couple or one road course coming up. Two. Two. Indy Road Course. Indy Road Course and Watkins Glen. So look for A.J. to try to capitalize there. But they are doing some things on the ovals as well. Surprising to see him so close. Bubba Wallace is fast enough. Fast enough and good enough to beat Michael McDowell and, I believe, Suarez in a one-on-one battle for that playoff position. But right now he's minus three looking on the outside. Uh, McDowell is a shocker. McDowell has had a good year, man, but statistically, you know, top fives versus top tens and stuff like that, it's surprising that he's done enough to really be sitting on top of a playoff position right now. Mm -hmm. He has a playoff position in 16th at plus three. Um, Suarez is a little bit off from last year. You remember he won some races last year at Sonoma and and so forth, and and their pace hasn't been that great. Another one though who was in the hunt, but dang sure about tried to win that race the this past weekend. Yeah, Suarez. Um, I think you know if he hits stride uh, right at the right time, could be hard to handle. So this, I know you know. Look, are any of these people going to go and race for a championship? It's unlikely. But it's, I just think it's really fascinating to see how that bubble battle plays out because when you get down to the end of it and you're one of these teams that you think believes that you're good enough to be in the playoffs and you're not, hmm. morale. It is a massive yeah. boost yeah. Yeah. or yeah. a massive hit yeah. one yeah. way or the other. It sure is. So here's my question for you. Looking at this, I mean, so you've got Suarez and Michael McDowell, 15th and 16th. They're just right there on the edge at plus three. So it, First question, do you think both of them end up making the playoffs? Who? Suarez or Michael McDowell? Oh, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I don't. So I look at the people that you mentioned on the back end. Yeah. Between and Who is there? It's interesting that you think Chase Elliott can point his way in. I'm looking at who's capable of winning, winning between Bubba Wallace, Almondinger, Ty Gibbs, Austin Sendrick, Justin Haley, Alex Bowman, Chase Elliott. First of all, Alex Bowman and Chase Elliott could win any time. Um, with the two road courses, you've got – Almondinger and Justin Haley, don't you even have to maybe think he could potentially win a race? He almost did at Chicago. Um, but Almondinger absolutely could win one of those two road yeah. course races. Haley's Chicago finish was more product of some 
from lucky pit strategy more than anything. But um, look, I mean, Haley could win at Talladega or, I mean, he Daytona. Could, that's true. That's I true. Mean, I, look, I, I don't look at it as wins. The wins aren't what I'm looking for. I, when I look at this, Mike, I don't look at, okay, who can win. I'm just going to assume none of them are going to win. Mm. All right. So who can point their way in? Now, if they win, it changes the whole game. Well, now we're you know it changes sure. all it, these all these numbers even change. Right. That's right. Who's, you know, but I'm looking at like who's good enough to race their way in. Right. Somebody wins, they win. Oh well. But uh, you know, good for them. But if the, I'm looking at like who's good enough in the, in terms of performance and and gaining the points needed. Okay. So then, Bubba Wallace, you're saying absolutely. Eighth I think can. I think. I think if Bubba minimizes mistakes, they should beat McDowell and Suarez. I think Almondinger on performance alone will not do quite enough. I'm I think being minus thirteen is a great sign for that team, but I don't think they're ready yet. Um, Ty Gibbs I think falls a little short, but he gains. He, get, he I think he nestles right up to that bubble, but not quite. Um, I don't I don't know if Bowman can get it together. To gain yeah. the points needed, they're just not performing well enough. Chase is running good enough to be right there to seize that 16th spot. So I'm going to say Bubba Wallace, Chase Elliott, 15th, 16th in points when it all wraps up. That'll be exciting. Let's it, keep revisiting this yeah, every week that'll and be exciting. see um, who can take note of our opinions and how they may change week to week because it's certainly going to change. It's been it's every, you know this bubble battle is fun to watch because it keeps changing the drivers that are in and out week to week. Is William Byron a championship favorite? I think he is. Are you sure? No, I'm not sure. Man. I think he is, though. And <laughs> I, I mean, I wasn't on the Byron bandwagon like yeah. you guys were, but I, I'm, listen, I'm, believing. I'm a believer. He's won four races. Yep. How, who else is more of a favorite than he is? Um, that's the question I think we need to ask is if, you know, if William Byron. William Byron. If Billy, uh, <laughs> Billy Byron, yeah. If if he's not the championship favorite, then who is? Um, I'll be honest with you, man. In my opinion, it's Martin Truex Jr. Ooh, man, he is. He's he, coming. We've we went two weeks, and now he's you know he's not on anybody's radar anymore. But right before, as we were going into Chicago, Martin Truex Jr. was the hottest thing on the circuit, man. Um, I think and, he, and I think he's still there. He had a pretty good run going. The other night uh, at Atlanta, but um, and Kyle Busch obviously with three wins, but they're hot and cold. They are depending on the track, and I can't, I don't know what the pattern is, and whether that means he'll be great at Phoenix or not when it matters. If he wrecks early, I like his chances to be there at the end. <laughs> For I, some reason, yeah. that's what he does. I picked uh, William. I picked uh, Ryan Blaney to win the championship, and I still am not ready to change my mind just yet. When we go to Phoenix. Uh, Penske's been good there. And I think if a Penske car can get to the Final Four, I'm feeling good about my pick earlier in this year about we, about Blaney. Well, you're the only one then. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm on an island. I'm not ready to I'm not ready to say William is the is the favorite. Uh, William is certainly in great position to get to the Final Four. He is. But he'll have his work cut out for him in Phoenix, as will everybody. But, dude, we went into Phoenix last year. I wasn't considering uh, Joey. He hadn't done enough all year. He's having the same exact season this year. So I, when you're looking at a favorite, though, Williams making a case. I just ain't sure he's there yet. I think Martin's just slightly edging him out. The stats would say otherwise. You, you, I know that. The stats would say William all day long. Do you know who I'm impressed with and I think at least deserves a mention here, and it's not somebody we've mentioned so far because I think he's 13th. and Yeah, 13th is Brad Kozlowski. Yeah. Um, and they're like 100 points in front of the cut line or it's something amazing. like that. So, I mean, Him come on. Him and his teammates. And his teammates. They're 13th and 14th. Him yeah. and Busher. I mean, come on now. What an improvement. A massive improvement. Yeah. Good for them. Uh, you got to give Brad a ton of credit. Hey, everybody. Dirty Mo Media is heading back to Bristol. That's right. With the extravagant. All-inclusive, ultimate experience tailored specifically for you, the Dirty Mo Media fans. Listen, we're taking care of you. And so join us on September 16th for the NASCAR Cup Series Bristol Night Race. 
and enjoy a luxury VIP suite experience that includes parking passes, appearances by the host of Door Bumper Clear, free swag, all the food you can eat, and all the beer you can drink. Tickets sold out well in advance last year, so don't wait. Get your ticket today at DirtyMoMedia.com forward slash ultimate experience. That is DirtyMoMedia.com forward slash ultimate experience. I will see you there. I cannot wait. It was a packed house last year. We are going to expect a packed house again this year. The race is phenomenal. Bristol night race. You cannot miss it. It is going to be fun, and we are going to pamper you. Let's just be real. You are going to be spoiled. You'll never be able to watch a race from a grandstand again, but that's a problem you can encounter later. Take care of yourself in this one. Come on. Join us. Bristol Motor Speedway. DirtyMoMedia.com forward slash ultimate experience. Speaking of Ryan Blaney, speaking of Ford, they had a massive missed opportunity at Atlanta. In the spring race, they raced to the finish between a guy you just mentioned, Brad Keselowski and Joe Logano. Joey edging Brad out in a race. Brad almost wins. Um, but the Fords were good. We go to qualifying in Atlanta this past weekend. There was one Toyota in the top 10 and one Chevrolet in the top 15. And so Fords were fast. And it looked like in the race they were going to be the ones to beat. They had the most stability. The Ford nose has a little less drag on it. Now, that suffers at other racetracks, as we've seen. Their performance has not been great. Only two wins this year. And so um, this was their chance, and it was a missed opportunity. Uh, I still feel like Ford gets it together. I don't know how they overcome the, you know, the, 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 the challenges aerodynamically or wherever they're at a disadvantage. They won't get any – I don't believe they'll get the updates needed to, to fix any of those issues this year. But I don't know, man. I wouldn't count them out. Really? Do you think a Ford makes the uh, Final Four to be able to race for a championship? I don't. I do. Yeah. Still. You know, like right now, the best Ford is Blaney in eighth. Yeah. And I know, look, we're looking at point standings that are going to just completely get jumbled yeah. up once the playoffs get here, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean – but the, you. you're asking about the final four? No. I think yep. there's other there's faster cars that are going to be better. Okay. I, I do. Well, that's interesting. We're going to be watching that. I mean, I you know, I I've always thought that our sport has to have the man, the 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 manufacturer competition has to matter to all of us as fans. When we lose like that Ford versus Chevy rivalry, we lose something pretty important mm-hmm. uh that makes our races matter and makes make, you know, um, makes it, it if it doesn't matter to the fans, then it won't matter to the manufacturers, right? And they'll find no value to be here. So um, I like I like pumping that you know the manufacturer competition. Who's ahead? Who's not? Who's looking for speed? Why are they behind? Um, and right now it looks like you know Chevrolet and Toyota have it pretty much figured out at most of the racetracks. There are moments where Ford can excel, and Ford at like a track like Atlanta or Talladega Daytona are are the stronger manufacturer. Um, but their opportunities to uh, to seize on wins during this year are running out, and so That's it'll right. be interesting to see how Ford continues going forward. And where where that what they're missing, dude, is so minuscule. The difference between them being where they are now, just a slight bit behind and right on top of the rest of those guys, is so small. It's crazy. So if they can find that somewhere in the shop floor and they're working hard, it'll be interesting. I wanted to ask you about uh, start time Sunday night. Man, heard a lot of people talking about how late that race started. Yeah. I think we got going at what? Um, seven. Seven? Seven Eastern. You know what time they start uh, Monday night football? Eight, yeah, eight twenty. Yeah, eight. Yeah, what's the problem? What well, are you asking? Why isn't it later than seven? No, or why, why is it? Why, why is that? Why is seven too late? Yeah, you know what? Um, I just don't think anybody's used to it. But I didn't have a problem with it. I thought it felt prime timey. I know. I always, you know, I, I like. Um, look, I'm selfish, but when we're when the football season's going on and we have those late games like on Thursday or Monday night or even Sunday night football and if I'm if I'm home to see it I'm like hey uh I'm going to watch a football game tonight okay that's my that's my uh pass to that- stay up a little later have a couple beers uh you know maybe watch the post game show yeah you I know, did, I, did I don't not want it, that. I don't want it to end yeah. I don't want the race to be—I don't want the football game to be over at eight o'clock or nine o'clock. I want—that's my guy time. 
you just hit it, and I did not realize it until now, but that's that's when the family commitments start to wind down. And so I was able to plug into the race. There's a difference between watching the race, which we can do every week, but being able to plug in and follow laps in Atlanta this past week, you, you wanted to be plugged in. There was action going on the whole time. You mentioned that. And and I think you're right. I think that that, that late start time felt, you know, adult, you know, like, like, like the nightcap, like the thing, like the the the, the cigar room yeah. <laughs> that you get to after dinner. Look, I'm 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 still a little surprised that the NFL has games that are running that late, you know, and starting at eight twenty. You know, the game's going to run run you know into eleven eleven fifteen or so. Um, I'm surprised that that's when they want their product on the television, right? And that and that's going to get the number they want to achieve. Networks drive those start times. As we know, but as a fan at home, that is even if the teams that, I'm, that are on aren't teams I care about, I'm like, this is a chance for me to have a little moment to myself and put on something on TV that's going to feel like something I want to watch, and I'm going to stay up and watch it. Yeah. And now for the fan at the track or even at the football game, yeah, maybe you want to start a little earlier. That's a little late to be sitting around, and it makes for a long day. Man, in the comfort of your own home, I hope that that start time, if we do late Sunday races, gets a little normalized and and people can, you know, can see some of the benefits in it or how how it's similar to other sporting events that also start late. Yeah. I I said it on our Tuesday show, but Atlanta, the whole thing, with all that came with it, including a a shortened race – Atlanta left me very satisfied. Yeah. I was fed at the table, and I was not hungry afterwards. Uh, I would have loved to have seen it gone to the end. And I think that a lot of people that might be uh, complaining about the late start time are also trying to think of what would have happened if we'd have tried to finish that it's, race and yeah. it goes in. But that, how do you avoid it? You don't. No. So why would you worry about it? Listen, yeah. you won. Yeah. Then you win the Daytona 500, or was it the summer race that yeah. went way into the night, right? Yeah. Sometimes that's just the way it is. And But, but, but like, I, I thought it was – it was good. The idea that we are going to, you know, the idea that we would say, okay, that, you know, we're going to listen and next year's start time for Sunday's Atlanta race is going to be 5 p.m. You know damn good and well you can't predict that there won't be a rain shower. Of course. At 7 o'clock. Right. Or 6.30. So any point. You yeah. can't. It, so it's a moot point. Listen, we had Sam Flood on here a few weeks ago during business and motorsports, and we asked him about start times. And listen, it's as simple. It's, it's probably what you already know. It's yep. it's trying to get in front of as many people as you possibly can, yep. period. Simple. That's the TV thing. So if you go at 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock, you're going to get in front of more people. Yeah. I like it. Uh-huh. All right, let's get to some Ash Jr. by Xfinity. You guys have been sending some great questions in to add Xfinity Racing on Twitter, and uh, we appreciate the engagement. Xfinity does as well, so we'll thank you for them. Um, Andrew is here with all your questions, so we'll get started. Yeah, we got a good first one from Andrea. You know, you make a few appearances in the Cars movie. Do your daughters notice that it's your voice, or like, do you point that out <laughs> if, they, if you've ever watched it with them? I, I have, um, and I'm not sure that they get it, get it. You know what? Of course they don't. Um, but they rec- Isla is five, and she she recognizes my voice. She I can I can point at uh, a diecast, and if it's got an eight and eighty eight on it, mm. she'll 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 assume it's mine. Um, so when I when I show her the car in the movie, she she goes, "Yep, yeah, that's your car, and that's your voice." Um, but she doesn't know what being in a movie or doing a voiceover right. is all about. Um, which one day I hope she, she gets it. But, uh, man, I, when I went out there to, I went to their studio out in California to record that. I'll never forget that. Um, the, uh, the studio that, uh, produced that movie. Um, what's it called? I don't Pixar. Pixar. Yeah, so yeah. we went, we go to their office, giant building, all glass, huge, tall ceilings, um, big, big lobby. Um, and we walked through this lobby into this sort of, uh, into this big giant, um, it was almost like a, 
a warehouse, right? Big, big rafters, steel rafters, uh, and but this warehouse was full of these little mobile or huts, and those were individual offices and workspaces, and all of them were different, and all of them were self-designed, and. When you went inside each one, they took us into a couple of the designers and writers and so forth. I mean, it's writers, designers, uh, animated, you know, animation, whatever. I don't know what you call these people. But uh, the people that work on these movies, right, there are so many jobs to create this product. And uh, they all have these little cubicles they, or these little buildings and huts. They, it's like a fisherman's hut, right? Kind of like that. Yeah. They're flat on the ground and looks like a shed in the backyard of somebody's house. You go inside, and they're, they're like, you know, this one had a secret door that went back into this room that had like a little bar with a, with a, uh, with a bench and a little um, roulette wheel. You could, that, during break, they'd get together and have, have beers and play roulette in the back of this one guy's. <laughs> and so, I mean, they were, they were all so different, and they're, you know, they're very creative minds, those people that work on those movies. Super creative, right? So their huts were, they were like one up in each other, right? Getting more and more um, detailed. And, you know, it was, it was whatever you wanted it to be. And so anyhow, they, that was fascinating to me. I'd love to be able to take you there, right? To help you really see what I saw. But um, they give them that freedom, right? Yeah. So that their workplace is fun and enjoyable and it's theirs, right? It's their creation. Um, so that was pretty neat to see. I would have never guessed it was yeah. that elaborate. Yeah. But I guess for like a creative space, it yeah. makes sense. I remember I remember going in there and reading my lines, and there were only a couple, right? I got like three or four lines. And I was trying my ass off so hard because I wanted to get more work. I wanted, you know, Daryl Walchett, right, has a lot of lines yeah. in this movie. And I'm like, I didn't know how many lines he had till it comes out. And, and I knew Richard Petty had a pretty big role. Humpy Wheeler and a couple other people, and I'm like, man, if I do this really good, and they have another Cars two, maybe I can get asked to be a more prominent role. But it didn't happen. Dang. Yeah. We'll have to get a new Cars movie out to get you go back. Yeah. <laughs> I got a question. How long did that take? Those the lines that you the had. Lines, how long yeah. did you? Fifteen minutes. That was it. Really? Yet. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Because like did, like I would have guessed, and they probably did. Like they would have you read it multiple times. Yeah. An yeah. Hour, you know. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> just, just to get it right. Two, yeah, it's like three or four takes. Yeah. But I mean, literally, I got like three lines maybe in the whole thing. <laughs> um, you you, you kind of touched on, you know, your daughter can identify like the 8 and 88 diecasts, like two iconic numbers. Uh, this question comes from Ryan. It wasn't always going to be 88. Like there was 51, yeah. there was 81, yeah. 38. So like where did the origin of the 88 number come from? Well, um, yeah, so when I was moving over to Hendrick, um, I was working with a friend of mine, Kevin King. He's a sim racer buddy of mine, and he also designs, uh, you know, sim, you know, does, designs cars in sim racing. He's also designed cars in 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 NASCAR. The Reese's car that uh, Kevin Harvick drove at RCR was Kevin King's design. And so, uh, anyhow, Kevin has done some cars or had done some cars for me when I raced for the Budweiser uh, number eight. Um, and anyways, um, I was like, man, you're going to help me design this car. I'm, when I go to Hendrick and drive their race car, the Mountain Dew car, you're going to help. You're going to design. I want it to be yours, and you're going to help me. And he knew, my, he knew what I liked. I liked it kind of simple. I liked some nostalgia or some throwback feel to it. And uh, anyways, we were um, going. I was getting him to do these designs, and we didn't have a choice on a number. I couldn't be eight. Uh, we weren't going to be able to purchase it from Teresa. They wanted to keep it. They had equity in that number at, at DEI. It was important for them to continue racing it, which was really, I would have done the same thing. I would have loved to have had it, but I could understand them wanting to hang on to it because it helped them acquire partners and sponsors and, and the and the car had some identity. So, um, I'm thinking, well, my, you know, for my fans, man, I mean, I've, a lot of these people have this number tattooed on their body. <laughs> what am I going to do? I knew in the back of my mind that the um, the best thing for me would probably to do do would be to drive something with an eight in it, right? Whether that's thirty eight, which I didn't love, 
My sister ran that number in her late model career. 81 was okay. I'd ran that number some in my uh, bush car a few times, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a cool number. Um, my favorite number um, that's not three and eight or 88 now, my favorite numbers were like numbers that felt masculine. 51, 47, 55, 57. Um, I don't know. For me, those numbers are, 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 uh, those numbers have, you know, like a feel to it. Feel to it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how to explain it, but <laughs> yeah. Mike's they like, but they, you know, num- the number 50. A1. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the number 50. Right is a very, I mean, it's perfect for a guy like AJ Foyt, right? Right, yeah, yeah. And so, and and AJ ran that number a time or two, fifty-one, like I say. And so we were looking at fifty-one. I wanted fifty-one. <laughs> no one else in my camp, in Rick or anybody else, wanted fifty-one. They were like fifty-one. What? What? That's nothing. Why? <laughs> What's the connection, right? And I was like, I don't know, man. We just start new and just. Uh, but I. But then I kept thinking about my the you know our fans uh, with that love this eight and had all this eight stuff, and I'm like, man, it's got to. We got to find. We got to go with something with an eight, and that was everybody else's opinion too. So, I was thinking, 28. 28's it. I wanted 28. We're gonna get 28. We're gonna be 28. Nobody's 28. Let's be 28. Holy crap! I did not know this. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, well, we got to ask Yates. Yeah. I'm like, we do? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Why? I don't need to ask nobody. And so we, we called Yates up, Robert, and they actually talked to Texaco. And Texaco said hard no. Now, that, I don't think that they had rights to this number in the series, right? They're not even the sponsor anymore. But something about the, the, the history and the heritage and legacy of that number was important to them. And um, Yates was like, man, please don't do this. They, we, I don't believe they could have stopped us, but they were like, hey, I, what about 88? Would you, would you, we, we would give you 88. And I'm like, oh, we didn't even know that was available. We didn't know that was even a possibility. And so, um, you know, they, they were like, hey, you can have 88. And I'm thinking, that's perfect. One, instead of one eight, two yeah. eights. And we got the font as close as we could without getting another lawsuit. And there you have it. We went to the racetrack with 88s. That is a heck of a story, actually. It is. Yeah. I, who would have thought that 88 was, would be more available than the 28? Yeah. I mean, because like, the 88 they were, was a Dale they Jarrett. Were, like, right. I mean, you knew it yeah. was Dale Jarrett. Yeah. At the time, I think Roush had the 30. What, what was the Roush? 38 and 88? Ooh, that was before my time. Yates, Roush? Was, Yates was 38. Or Yates. Uh, Yates. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. 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 They were 38 with Elliot Sadler. Uh, right. Yeah, why yeah. Did, I think that Ricky is so Rudd baffling to me yeah. that the Texaco Havlin. They, 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 they told me they had discussed it with the with – the, the, they, they reached out to the partners that were part of that legacy with right. that team, right? And they all agreed, like, we really would love to not see this number come back. That but will you take the 88? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot of things that surprise me about that story. I am a little shocked that the Hendrick people weren't more receptive to 51. 51, yeah. Because isn't – I mean, you, that five yeah, is yeah. iconic with Hendrick, so you could you could play off that five. I wish that now stuff. that I had tried to tried that argument, tried that angle. Mike. And 51 <laughs> was a bit of a Days of Thunder <laughs> yeah, number. it was. I wonder if – and Rick was obviously the, the centerpiece of that uh, whole Days of Thunder thing. But then uh, I wonder if it was because Kyle Busch is – I don't think Kyle was using it at that moment. Oh wow, dude, that that, that is a great story. Yeah, and I got so many more questions. Yeah, so. yeah. and <laughs> and even just like to fifty one, thinking like knowing how history played out, just trying to picture you racing in fifty one for all those years, yeah. like is it crazy to wrap strange. your mind around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean you know, yeah, you get used to things, and I think you know, eighty eight was fine. Eighty eight ended up being great. Um, twenty eight would have been cool though, man, because I mean, twenty eight. You know, my favorite. 
design and paint scheme is the gray ghost right here on the right. table. Yeah. Imagine the throwback we could have done with that damn thing. I'd have, I'd have been trying to get them to let me run that every week. <laughs> <laughs> every damn week. That would yeah. be cool. Um, you mentioned, and we had another fan a few weeks ago submit this question, you know, that fans getting tattoos of, you know, eights and now 88s. Is there a specific, like, fan tattoo that you, you know, that sticks out in your mind of like, yeah. oh, my God, someone got this? Um. There's a lady that's um, a massive fan. It's been around. I've seen her at the races uh, for a couple decades. That has a number three car on one thigh and wow. the number eight on the other. She's in New Hampshire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. She does come to New Hampshire. Yep. Um, she's she's. Those are serious commitments, right? To 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 have those and um, you have you appreciate it, right? Yeah. That, that 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 it means that much. Um, especially the, the, you know, the senior stuff, right? The dad stuff. Um, so that's probably, uh, and she'll love to know if this ever gets back to her, she's going to be so, so happy because she's a, she's a massive fan. These are not small tattoos. These are yeah. massive tattoos yeah. on each leg. Yeah. Yeah. That's and I think so she's cool. got a big one like on her back. It's like your dad. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, you that make, is neat. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully she uh, sees this video. Or is that New Hampshire this weekend? Yeah, she Maybe she is. Maybe, we'll Maybe she's her. there. Yeah. Um, this next question coming from Jimbo. Um, you know, with with you and Jeff starting down on the track at the beginning of the race, what does the choreography look like in terms of oh, that's a great question. calling the race from pit road and then getting up to the booth? I'm glad like, you're telling coordination? This, Yeah, so I'll be honest with you. We, were ta- <laughs> we talked talk about it because yeah. we were talking about this yesterday in my office. You know, my this bosses are going to get mad at me. Um <laughs> Maybe not everything. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I so when we uh, when we sat down uh, this year to start talking about you know what all of NBC gets at a table, big giant table bigger than this, and we sit down and everybody's just kind of throwing ideas around. Uh, they were like, you know, we want to we want to rethink the open of the show. We want to rethink it, get a little uh, more creative. It had become a little predictable, right? And and um, and so I. I love it. I love that idea of, and I always go nostalgic. You know, I don't th- I don't start thinking more innovative. I go, okay, what do I love about you know the opening of the Daytona 500 in 1983? Right? They used to put this camera right on the asphalt in between the cars. They'd have the cars lined up down pit road, and as the cars fired up and pulled away, they had a shot of the cars driving by you. And the camera's sitting in between the, the the inside and outside line of cars. And as the cars are driving by, they're doing the lineup. Row two. There there goes row two. Row three. This driver, this driver. And uh, I'm thinking in my mind, like, man, this is the stuff I want to bring back, right? The the uh, Doing the lineup for me, um, I'm getting all out of bounds a little bit, but doing the, doing the grid, the starting grid, should be a, you know, it should have this killer night rider music in the background <laughs> and you know dun, 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 row one you know it, it ought to be something right and so uh i've always wanted it wanted that to come back um if you want to get an idea of what i'm talking about watch any of the daytona 500 broadcasts from the early 80s and so we uh anyways they were like yeah we want you know i they always had us at the front of the grid right for all of last year, for the Countdown to Green show, we're gonna we're gonna do a, a segment at the front of the grid. Me and Jeff gonna interview a driver, whatever. And our uh, for this year, they said our pre-race shows are gonna shorten, and with an effort to try to have always have a post-race show. And um, anyways, I know that's a little su- sensitive subject for this particular weekend because we mm-hmm. didn't have one. But um, anyways, uh, there's an effort for us to really lean into a post-race show more providing fans with those interviews that they want from the drivers after the race. And we're going to brief, you know, shorten up the, the, the pre-race because, honestly, man, it's, it's, it is a lot of good information, but it does get a little redundant when the, ra- when the pre-race show is an hour. And really, honestly, man, we'd love just to come on TV and be like, we're freaking here. Here's a lineup green flag. You know, <laughs> the show is on, you know, and not a lot of – uh, fluff at the beginning, right? And so, anyhow, get to the answer to this question. We're talking about all these ideas, and they're like, you know, we want to have y'all down there for the pre-race, and it's going to be a shorter show, so maybe you're going to be down there for a few laps of the race. 
Um, the walk and talk that we did at Nashville and at Atlanta, I love. And we're going to do it differently. There'll be, op- you know, the tracks will provide opportunities for us to be in different places. We might not be next to the grid. We might be out on the start finish line. We might be standing in a damn flag stand. Who knows? Right? We might be in a corner that's really important uh, to that particular race or something that's really challenging. Who knows where we'll be? But I like the walk and talk. And if we're in the right place, it puts me in the right place emotionally. I'm fired up. And the, 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 the excitement and energy that I have in the walk and talk is genuine. And it, and it, make, it sets the tone for me to, the, to, to be excited about this moment in the race that's about to start. When we're done with that, uh, we move over behind pit wall. There might be another hit or two where we're, we're talking about something else. But uh, after that walk and talk and the engines are fired and the cars are about to pull away, we move over to the other side of pit wall and we stand there and there's a monitor, uh, a person holding a monitor with the program on it, the race, what you're seeing at home. And we get behind uh, one of the pit boxes and create a little bit of a sound barrier because the cup cars are, are uh, you know, have the left side exhaust, so it's a little louder in the pits than it, than it typically is in an Xfinity race. And so we get behind a pit box and watch a monitor and do a little radio style for the first hand, you know, first 30 laps. Mm-hmm. Um, that part is not as fun for me. I don't enjoy that part as much. Uh, you know, and I don't know. We're, it's a balance. we got to figure out how to get it right. To me – that can be better. To me, I am not doing my best work in that scenario. It's just I don't have the tools. When I'm in the booth, I, I can call a race a lot better. Uh, when I've got everything in front of me, I got the race out the window, which I can watch. I got the monitors, timing and scoring and all of that and my notes. And I, I, can, do, I can do a very – I think of, I can do the job as well as I can do it in that space. When we're down on pit road – Doing radio style, I don't. Radio style for me belongs at Watkins Glen, right? Yeah, it's that. That's radio style, and that's where that belongs. I, I, I don't. I we we haven't we haven't really, and we're not stuck with we're not we're not like stuck with oh we're gonna keep doing it this way. Uh, talking to my bosses, I'm like, you know, is that as good as it needs to? Is that as good as it can be? And I don't know that we all think it is. Uh, so there'll be some adjustment there and a balance to find, um, and that could change and alter, which is fine. It should change and alter. It should be different. Um, the walk and talk will change a lot. It's not going to be the same walk and talk. This guy and this guy and this guy. We're gonna. He's gonna be good. He'll be good. He'll be good. Um, see you after this commercial for a green flag. You know, we gotta we gotta keep it new. But it's fun. It's real. It's it's a. Me and Jeff are both. Excited to be in that space, excited to be where we are, excited to be um, teeing this race up. I really, really enjoy doing that. It's definitely a nice twist on what we did last year. Last year, we stood at the front of the grid. We'd interview people or just talk about what we thought was getting ready to happen. This is much funner. Yeah, I like that you guys are playing around, experimenting with different things. You know, not locked in a box, Right. you know? Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm getting the wrap-up signal, Um, but hey, we got some great stories. I feel like we went on like a cruise of like different avenues, you know, Um, but we've got a lot of good fan questions to just keep in the the memory bank for the next couple of weeks. They've been doing great, I want to say. The questions y'all sent in this year, they're better than what we've had over the last several years. Andrew, uh, you've been doing an amazing job. I want to thank you. Um, all the Dirty Mode team that's been digging into uh, all of the questions that are being sent to Xfinity Racing. Uh, this segment has improved, and uh, we've been able to tell some cool stories, but it's because of the great questions we're getting. So thank y'all. And um, if you haven't uh, checked out Becoming Earnhardt, it dropped Wednesday. Make sure that you check out that first episode of Becoming Earnhardt, a new series here from Dirty Mode Media. All right, always a fun segment, Ask Junior. Um, before we get to the rest of the show, let's go to some Short Track Insider. Hand a new house.
Welcome back to another episode of Short Track Insider, and thanks everyone for bearing with me. Of course, uh, we just basically had to take some time off with the wild schedule that comes with summer, summer racing, summer production. You get it. But nonetheless, we're back at it with another episode of Short Track Insider. And honestly, I don't, I don't even think I can recap the last two weeks in an eight-minute segment. So we're simply just going to start with this past weekend and some highlights. Uh, first and foremost, some news as Kip Childress, who I have been honored to know in many of his roles at NASCAR, was announced as a new executive director over at the Cars Tour. And he stepped into that role uh, effective immediately, so much so. And man, he's going to be a huge asset to the series. I'm so excited to see him you know, back in short track racing, I think is what we can call it. Cause I first got to know Kip Childress when he was the series director of Arca West. So he had to deal with a, you know, a little 15 year old Hannah at one point. So great to have Kip as part of the cars tour. I think he's going to be a huge, huge asset to that series, but also the cars tour pro late models were in action at Wake County on Saturday and man, a wild late race caution allowed Logan Jones to capitalize on the restart and move from what would have been a career best finish of third for him all the way up to his first Cars Tour win. So congratulations to Logan Jones. Great to see. Always a first-timer in victory lane. Kyle Campbell came home in second, and Katie Hedinger rounded out your podium for the Cars Tour Pro Late Models. Also, the 44th Slinger Nationals at Slinger Speedway was ran on Tuesday evening. And I love when you run these big races on midweek. You know, it's tough sometimes for fans. I understand that because you guys have got to work, you know, throughout the day. But, man, it makes opportunities for drivers like Chase Elliott, William Byron, and Eric Jones, you know, that have these uh, other weekend jobs, as we can call them, gives people the opportunity to that maybe even those that are racing in respective series, you know, chasing points championships to step out and come run these big, you know, marquee events. So, man, it, it drew the names of short track stars and big shots alike uh, against some of the short track bests of Steven Nassi, Luke Fenhaus, Derek Thorne. But it was the master of Midwest super late model racing. I think that's the new nickname I'm going to give him, Master of Midwest Super Late Model Racing. Uh, he found victory lane. Ty Majeski took the win after 200 laps over Fenhaus, Derek Thorne, John DeAngelis, and Austin Mason rounding out your top five there for the 44th Slinger Nationals. And lastly, this is not really a recap or a preview, but something super cool that I've really been following this summer. And, you know, something to maybe add to your docket to watch. Uh, Car IQ recently launched an initiative called the Fab Four, where the top four females in USAC racing, those being deemed as Kaylee Bryson, Taylor Reimer, Taylor Ferns, and Jade Affidician, they're all competing against each other for a $10,000 cash prize at the end of the year and a test with Porsche Carrera Cup and Porsche Sprint Challenge team MDK Motorsports at the end of the year. Uh, How they're doing it is they're basing it on their average finish in USAC competition, as well as a fan vote that's currently actually taking place right now. You can head to their social medias as well as Car IQ and vote there. And uh, just a really cool initiative to just bring, I think, eyes and opportunity to the women of USAC racing because sometimes it just it gets overshadowed. So uh, I love that Car IQ is doing this. But Jade, the youngest of the four, spoke to us about the initiative and what it means to her as she pilots a Keith Coons Motorsports midget in the 2023 season. Car IQ has put together this contest, which is called the Fab Four. It determines the top female race car drivers within USAC Circle Track Racing. Uh, it's based on performance and a fan vote. The winner receive a $10,000 cash prize and a test with MDK Motorsports at the end of the year. It's very tough to be on your game each night. I think it's harder than it ever has been in my opinion. Uh, There's so many factors that play into putting a whole night together. You have to be able to stay focused all night and there's no time to let your guard down. It's a fight from qualifying to the main event. One small mistake early in the night can put you behind. The really good drivers find a way to be there at the end of the night, but certain series formats make it harder than others. There are some nights you can qualify P1, but then start outside of a transfer position in a heat race. Those drivers in front of you are just as fast and just as good, usually. You have to hope they make a mistake and hope that you're right there to take advantage of their mistake. Well, temperatures are hot across the country this weekend, and... Unfortunately, there is some weather in the area for many places, but nonetheless, a packed weekend here on the schedule. You know it's a packed weekend when I can't even get all of the racing simply on a Saturday in one little square on my calendar, but it's a great problem to have. So this weekend, the first thing I'm really focused on is this is probably one of the richest weekends in sprint car racing. As we speak and as I this is going out to you guys, it is Thursday, and tonight is the Eldora Million, a million dollars on the line back at Eldora's 
Over 83 sprint car drivers have made their way to Ohio. They're going to battle it out at Eldora Speedway tonight. This started last night with preliminary action, but tonight they will battle it out for a cash prize of $1,002,023. And you can watch all of Thursday's racing for the million. I mean, it's must-watch television on Flow Racing before it once again switches over. This is not. This is just the beginning of all of the money being given out this weekend for sprint car racing at Eldora uh, Friday, the World of Outlaw sanctioned event takes over in its King's Royal weekend. Uh, Friday, if you're new to it, it's called The Night Before. And there's a healthy $20,000 paycheck on Friday. And then it goes into Saturday's action where the prestigious King's Royal takes place, $175,000 check. But man, the history and prestige that comes with King's Royal is also incredible. So yes, everyone wants to win a million, but man, you also want your name on that King's Royal trophy. So, you know, if one person plays their cards right, It could be an incredible weekend for a team at Eldora Speedway. But Friday and Saturday can be watched on Dirt Vision. Of course, Thursday night, you can watch on Flow Racing. The World of Outlaw Case Late Models, uh, also in action this weekend. They head to Ponderosa Speedway in Kentucky on Friday before making the trip right over to Brownstown, Indiana on Saturday. And for those that are big block enthusiasts, Super Dirt Car Series is racing uh, this weekend on Sunday. They'll be at Land of Legends in Canandaigua, New York on Sunday. If I said that wrong, please tell me because the spelling just really throws me off. But Canandaigua, New York on Sunday. But both World of Outlaw and Super Dirt Car Series can be caught on Dirt Vision. And for some pavement stuff for my pavement friends, the Pro All-Star Series is at White Mountain Motorsports Park in Barrie, Vermont on Friday and can be watched on Racing America. And then out west, you've got the SRL Southwest Tour. They're at Stockton 99 Speedway in Stockton, California. In Spears, uh, SRL has their own streaming platform you can check out on their website. And also on Saturday, the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour is kind of kicking things off over at New Hampshire Motor Speedway with the NASCAR game. And of course, you can watch uh, most NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tours as well as ARCA West, ARCA East, I think most ARCA stuff in general you can watch on Flow Racing as well. And lastly, uh, it's wild to me that we've got two key marker super late model races in the same week. But another big super late model race on the docket this weekend is the Redbud 400 is this weekend with the ASA Stars as driver prepare, drivers prepare for 300 laps of racing around Anderson Speedway in Anderson, Indiana. Drivers like Kyle Crump, Logan Bearden, uh, Dalton Armstrong, who's won this race before, among many of the drivers looking for new or continued success at this prestigious race. Uh, and There's multiple options and you can watch it. Hopefully you can make it, but if not, you can watch the event on tracktv.com, midwesttour.tv, or Racing America as well. But guys, so much racing going on. Again, your local tracks are in full swing right now. Uh, mid-season stuff is shaken up for them. Please get out, support your local racetrack, whether that's via you know streaming and you get the opportunity to do that, uh, and support these local drivers and drivers that tour as well. I mean, a lot of these people in tracks they're they're paying their bills with you know merchandise. Buy a T-shirt from one of these guys that you maybe have checked out for the first time here on Short Track Insider. Support them, get on their website. Um, you know that's that's a huge huge asset for a lot of these teams and drivers. So there will be plenty to recap next week. Look forward to it all here on Short Track Insider. That's awesome. By the way, thank you, Hannah Newhouse. She does a fantastic job. Dale, I wanted to mention, you know, Kip Childress was on Door Bumper Clear this week. Yes. And you recently hired him, and you and your group, yeah. to be the series director of the Cars Tour. He is fantastic. He is. I'm going to tell you something. If you haven't listened to Door Bumper Clear, there is some great conversation. Kip Childress, first of all, talking about why he's doing the Cars Tour and what it does for him, and it's a fantastic, you know, it, that I feel so great about him. Everybody loves Kip. But he also gives such good insight into being a series director, applying it to the NASCAR stuff. Like, you know, the, the, uh, the decision from Atlanta to whether to throw the caution for Kevin Harvick's spin as he's limping around yep. the apron or to go green. Mm-hmm. Great insight from Kip Childers on that. So, you know, when we're talking about Short Track Insider, it made me think of Kip Love and it. being on DBC. And also, well done on that hire. Man, I appreciate it. Um, uh, yeah, I love Hannah. Good job. On Short Track Insider, and I knew y'all were going to have fun with Kip. Kip's, also, Kip's excited to be a part of that anytime y'all need him to, uh, to help you uh, debate, you know, some of the 
some of the things that go on there. I figured he'd be sort of a voice of reason in 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 the in the chaos of door bumper clear. Uh, we got a new game, uh, Alex. Alex is gonna tell us about how to play. I've got no idea. We haven't seen anything. We haven't cheated. Um, so <laughs> let's yeah. So let's right. go for it. Yeah, this brand new game. It's called Guess the Year. It's pretty simple. You guys should do this. It's called uh, what now? Guess the Year. Guess, Guess the, year. the Year. And you guys are gonna be playing against each other. Okay. Uh, you each have three lives. Now the key to the game here is. I'm going to give you something that happened in this year. Like the top song was My Sharona. And then you'd have to guess the year based off the, what, that yeah, clue. Yeah, what you ask, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. so there's one there's one tiny little rule that might get confusing if you don't pay attention, so pay attention. It wouldn't be a game with Alex if there wasn't a tiny <laughs> weird rule. <laughs> right. I'm trying to then get he later regrets because he hasn't yeah. thought it all the way through. Yeah, yeah go exactly. ahead. So you can guess after every clue. But I will give you three clues without you guys having to guess and waste your lives. But after the third clue, you have to guess after every clue. So the, don't you explain uh, You were again? right. No, that was confusing. Yeah, that's yeah. confusing as hell. Yeah. So I'll give you three clues. If you know it. At any if, point. If you think you know it, go ahead and say it. Sure. I'll give you a Won't chance. Don't waste a clue. We, kinda, each, we each get three clues. You get more than each clue. But once you, after the third clue, you have to guess after each clue. So you don't have to guess after the first I three got clues. It. Okay, I got it. I got so, so I can listen to three clu- up yes. to three clues without having to guess. For each question, we get three clues. Yes. Three. Yes. Okay. Yes. Go for it. And, okay. and do, are we buzzing in or do we take turns? Just, just, just buzz in. Just buzz. There's okay, no buzzer. I know. You know what I mean. What the I, hell? I said that Scream figuratively. It, scream it out there. Right. Okay. First year, the Super Bowl champion was the Dallas Cowboys. The World Series champion. 1995. Wait, he's got another. That, so you just lost a life. That's wrong. Oh, see now, now you're down to two. Down see, to two lives. see, I thought. All right, go ahead. You're down to two. Dallas three. All right, the World Series champion, clue number two, was the New York Yankees. The NBA champions were the Chicago Bulls. Dang, I'm, uh, I was close. Uh, can, can I guess? Can I, guess I can yeah. keep guessing. Right, you keep guessing. And I'm losing lives. You're I losing guess. lives. If you get it wrong, guess. 96. 96 is correct. Damn, Mike got Mike got one. Mike got one. I, I mean, you just guess? the Chicago Bulls went on that run. I mean, like, th- there was five runs. So we knew it was one of five or six years there. Okay. That was good. All right, you're number two here. The top song was In the Club by 50 Cent. Oh, good one. I got that in my head now. The top movie was Finding Nemo, the World Series champion, with the Florida Marlins. Each you have to guess. 2003. <laughs> Correct, Mike. Damn, Mike. <laughs> Jeez. Mike's on this. They beat the Cubs in the playoffs. It was heartbreaking. Yeah. That was good. That was good. All right, I got one more year for you. This is my game. Yeah, this is I it. love this. <laughs> the game that has nothing to do with <laughs> racing. <laughs> what a Where the f- am I at? Do I need even to be in this room? Yeah. Let's do more bullshit. World Series champion games there. <laughs> uh, that makes perfect sense. Man, right. this, this, this year. Okay. <laughs> the top movie of this year was The Avengers, the largest company this year or that of this year was Exxon Mobil. <laughs> well that narrows it down. There you go. Uh and the top song was Call Me Maybe by Carly Rae Jepsen. You guys know that song, right? <laughs> Can we <laughs> Mike, you won. Good game. I love it, man. That's fun. Thanks, Alex. You don't know what your car God right almighty. This is torture. I'll guess uh do you got more clues because yeah, I Yeah I do. You just make a guess. You have to make a guess now. T- uh, t- thir- no, wrong. Am I, am I even, all right, well, I don't know. Do you got a year guess? Yeah, what year ExxonMobil was big? All right, let me think. Um, <laughs> nah, Dale, Dale, Dale might have a guess. He don't want to guess. Don't want to guess. He's I, I'll give guess. you another clue. I got another clue. Yeah. Go the ahead. Nationwide Series champion was Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Mm. 2006? No. 2012. 2012 is correct. Maybe. All right, look there at you. you. But NASCAR ones are easy. You get it in five seconds. Well, I mean, that's really my life. <laughs> so that's what um, I came to this room to do. <laughs> Next week, trigonometry I, questions by Alex. <laughs> I I could see the, the I could see the um, guess the year the non NASCAR edition sitting in the bargain bin at the store. <laughs> <laughs> it's already got reduced yeah. by fifty percent. Yeah, it's on the like, layaway. Please or, take this. It's on the <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it belongs on the front. It belong. It needs its own. Uh, you know, its own cardboard aisle? cutout of Dale. It needs its own aisle. It need, yeah, it's yeah. This is a great game, Alex. <laughs> I thought it was fun. <laughs> I like, no. Is it over? Yeah, it's over. Thank God. <laughs> Mike, good you job, lost. man. Yeah, you got me. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Oh. 
I'm gonna. I, you gotta give. You gotta give him a hard time for that. Oh, we give him a hard time. Even like the idea, it. right? I know yeah, it, but that was, that was. I enjoyed that part. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyhow, if you haven't listened to it, becoming Earnhardt. It was our Wednesday episode uh, for this week. Episode one is out. It's an easy, easy listen. Tees you up, introduces you to whole series, exactly what you're gonna expect. And from episode two on, we're off and running right to the racetrack. And diving right into all the things that happen throughout the year. Every Wednesday uh, for the next several weeks, you'll be getting an episode of Becoming Earnhardt. Hope you're enjoying it. Give us some feedback. Let us know. I mean, this may be something we continue to do beyond uh, the 1979 season. Tell us what you like, don't like, wish was included, uh, what you enjoyed. Uh, help us continue to make this better. So thank you. All right, we're closing the show out. We're going to leave you with a little man on the street with Andrew from the streets of Chicago. What's up, race fans? Andrew Curlin here with another edition of Man on the Street. We went to the streets of Chicago talking to new race fans, old race fans, drivers, and more. It was chaotic. It was fun. Take a listen. What's your name? Where are you from? Carolyn, Virginia. I love your sunglasses. Thank you very much. Just to keep the bad vibes out. Bad vibes? Yeah. And we can't have any bad vibes here. What's the track bar? Uh, where are we going to go drink? Damn right. <laughs> what is the track bar? Where you get drinks at the track. That's it. So it's going to have some sweet tea. Okay. And uh, some vodka. Yeah. Wow. You think sweet tea and vodka is going to be good? No. If you go up up on the track bar, you're getting more drinks for everyone. Just round, round okay. on everybody. Are you? Have you guys been to the track bar yet? Not yet. Uh, what's, what is wedge? Like, does it resemble a cheese wedge? Oh my god. Kind of. <laughs> what does it mean to be tight? You know. My pants are kind of, we'll see oh. after all the food I eat today. Oh, what does it mean to be tight? Someone like, you know, really close with you. So you're like, like this. Yeah. yeah. Be tight. Oh, wow. Ooh. I mean, that's very sexual. What's a red flag? Uh, I don't know, like someone not paying for your bill. Like when you want to <laughs> date. <laughs> What's your name? Where are you from? Denny Hamlin. I'm originally from Chesterfield, Virginia. Live in Charlotte, North Carolina now. Can you name all the toppings of a Chicago dog? Uh, I'm not a hot dog guy. I mean, I'm, I'm just gonna throw out uh, ketchup, mustard, Ooh. chili, and cheese. Ketchup's a big no-no. Ketchup, oh, no, really. oh yeah, yeah, they're not fans of that. Oh, so is it like just chili and cheese or something? <laughs> Actually, I don't think there's chili. Is there cheese? Not even cheese. Danny, unfortunately, you didn't get any. I failed, I'm sorry. <laughs> How would you feel if a NASCAR driver said he wanted ketchup on his hot dog? I would tell him he's got to go race someplace else. He yeah, not here. Chicago. Yeah. What's your name? Where are you from? Uh, Brian, I'm from uh, Wisconsin. It's race day. You're damn right it's race day. I'm right, yeah. You can, put, you can fuck around and find out at any time of the year. How much do you have to fuck around to find out? Oh, you have to fuck around and see. <laughs> Show me some cash and I'll let you know. <laughs> did you know, did you know NASCAR used to race at Soldier Field? No. And I think, I think that was the last time anyone saw a win in Soldier Field too. What advice would you give for drivers navigating the city? <laughs> don't, don't text and drive. Do you know that from experience no, not to text? No. <laughs> you don't do that? No. I don't either. What's your name? Where are you from? Ryan Blaney. I am from Ohio. What percentage of people do you think are good drivers? Good drivers? I feel like 75% of people. 75%? Yeah, like, you know, I, I went heavy on the number. Will Purdue, and I'm from Chicago. What percentage of people out on the road would you say are good drivers? In Chicago? Yeah. About 3%. 3%? And about 75% uh, have road rage. Good driver? Yeah. Uh, 30%. But I mean, it's hard for me to critique. I mean, it's, you know, saying a, a, a baseball player telling me that I'm terrible at baseball. Well, they no shit, I'm terrible. <laughs> Check out Dirty Mode Media. Check out, check, check. Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. <laughs>